time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is October 19, 2020. You know what this day is? It's convention day. Virtual convention day starts here in about 30 minutes. The NBA will be kicking off their first ever annual virtual conference, obviously because of COVID and making sure everyone stays safe. But anyway, looking forward to hearing about that next week. We'll talk about that. We're going to have Dawn Williams, one of my favorite people there at the NBA. There's so many favorites there. So she's just one of them. Really sweet. Coming on and talking to us about the conference next week. And then we're going to start a whole series of what technology has been announced at this conference that is going to help you in underwriting loans faster, improving your service. So you're going to want to stay tuned to a lot of the podcasts that are coming up here. Very exciting. So good to have you here as our listeners. Again, this podcast is created by Mortgage Professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. That's why we kind of stay in an audio format, keep flirting with video, but most people say, don't bother, stay with the audio only. In the Hot Topics segment today, we've got a good friend of mine, David Norris, who is CEO. He's a cyclist, an investor, a board member, an advisor, and a serial entrepreneur. We're going to be talking about what you could do to impact companies, what he is doing, and what others like David are doing, and myself are doing, to have a high impact. So... We're talking with him about coaching, and he has extensive experience in governance as well as a wide range of boards and committees. So talking about executive coaching and making a difference. So David's a good friend, and we'll introduce him a little bit more, get a little more background on him later in the Hot Topics segment. We're proud to be a part of the Industry Syndicate, industrysyndicate.com, list of where you can see all so many great podcasts out there. Encourage you to check it out. Also, check out mortgagemedia.com, great place to find out what's happening in other aspects. So they serve two different audiences and I encourage you to check out both of those websites, which has other podcasts and information. Special thank you to our sponsors, Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Be sure to check out the interview we did with Marina Walsh on September 14, 2020. Talked about the margins that were going on in the industry. She and Michael will be presenting, Michael Fratentotti will be presenting tomorrow at the virtual conference and can't wait to get the updated statistics of what's going on. There's just always one of those to go. I'd love to sit down and talk to you, but I got to go listen to Marina and Michael. So they're going to be presenting tomorrow. So if you're not registered, it's still not too late to register for the conference. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Finastra, whose Fusion Mortgage Bot solution automatically addresses compliance issues while delivering enhanced power satisfaction. Be sure to check out the program on August 24th, my birthday. Steve Hogue joined us on the podcast. We did an interview talking about data or some of the growth where the technology is growing to and from their perspective by Steve. So great stuff there. Also, Lenders One. I listened to Justin Demolia's interview that we did on June 1st, 2020. And uh, 
great interview as well as the mortgage collaborative. Both of these collaboratives create competitive advantages for the lender and vendor members. And then also we had Michael Jones on on September 21st with CMLA, the Community Mortgage Lenders Association of America. Had him on as a guest. We're grateful for their partnership. And then also August 31st, we had Linda Bomar and then Narayan from Indicom talking about how they offer outsourcing and compliance solutions for every stage of the mortgage cycle. They do some amazing things, especially with some of the intelligence, AI, machine learning, got into a lot of that. Accelerate, this company helps lenders close more loads, engaging better with borrowers and prospects. Be sure to check out the interview on August 17th with Josh Friend. And then also, we have an updated interview September 7th, 2020, Ainsworth discussion that we had on the website there at the AinsworthAdvisors.com, as well as AI Assist, as well as Celebrity Home Loans and Noviant which really does so much to help you optimize your mortgage executions as well as Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Modex, Velma, VendorSurf, Vidyard, and many more. Check out all of our sponsors up on our sponsorship page. So grateful to have them help make this podcast possible. And of course, we have a special thank you every week to Alice, Andy, Helen, and Matt for their contributions. And now for you who are listening live, you just stay right here. Because we're going to get right into the hot topic segment. Now, if you're listening to this on a downloaded basis, stay tuned. You're going to just be able to listen to the next podcast because that's what we're going to get into right now. Excited to have the hot topic this week. And I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite topics with one of my favorite people, David Norris, who is CEO, who is a cyclist, an investor, a board member. He's an advisor, a serial entrepreneur. He has founded and built companies in a number of industries and has extensive fundraising experience, has raised over half a billion dollars from venture capital, private equity, and strategic angel advisors. And so we're going to be talking about executive coaching. I first met David when he was at a Happy State Bank, and we're going to get into a little bit of his background, but I want to welcome David Norris. David, good to have you here, friend. David, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you very much for having me. This is one of my favorite topics as well, leadership and, and executive coaching. So thank you very yep. much for having me. Yeah, we're really excited about you being here. And first of all, let people get to know you. Who is David Norris? I've got to start with a Semper Fi. Uh, thank you for your service in the Marine Corps <laughs> and your little bit of your journey and let our listeners get to know you. Well, you know, it, it, it's funny how I landed where I landed in banking because I started out as an animal science major at Texas A&M University, but my main goal there was to enter the Marine Corps, which I became a Marine officer and was a, a Marine infantry officer for five years. And I, I say tongue-in-cheek, but there's also a lot of truth to it, that everything I ever needed to know about the banking business, I learned as a grunt in the Marine Corps. It's all in the relationships and in the leadership uh, that, that we display. But, you know, I left the Marine Corps as our daughter was born and landed in banking and was in that for 35 years, 25 as chief operating officer of Happy State Bank out of Happy, Texas, mm. a town without a frown. A town without a frown. I love that. It was a great company. It was such a joy to work with you there and your mortgage division. We consulted to you and helped in a number of areas, myself and Kathy Thomas, we worked together on that. It was really great, but it's, it's developed a lasting friendship. And one of the reasons is you started saying, Dave, have you read this book? And one of my favorite books that you introduced me to is In a Pit on a Snowy Day with a Lion. And I've now become one of my favorite authors. And you've always been an inspiration to me and making me aware of books. And I think everything you've done, David, has been bringing you to what I think is your calling 
and your real purpose. And that's what you're doing today. So tell our listeners, what is it that you're yeah, doing today? It, it, yes, absolutely. And, and thank you for doing that. It, it's one of those things that when I've heard it said by Steve Harvey that mm-hmm. your, your career is what you're paid for, but your calling is what you're made for. I had that realization some years ago that you know, even though I was working for a, a, a wonderful, wonderful company with great core values, very employee-centric, very cu- customer-centric, yeah. but there was still a calling to do yeah. something else. And when you realize your purpose, mine being to, to be the absolute best version of myself so that I can teach and empower others to have mm-hmm. the business and live the life that they love living, is that when that calling comes out, the, the desire to spread one's own entrepreneurial wings to develop a leadership coaching business was, was absolutely transformational for me. I had to transcend a few things in the process, but yep. I absolutely love my time with my clients and it, it's been very good for me. And I can't wait to get into it. It was so obvious that you had a passion to help people because of all the books you're recommending and giving away. But the reality is, is that when you find your passion, you find your purpose. And we quickly all saw your passion. That is to help people and lift them up. You've gotten become a certified coach. Talk a little bit about that. Just, I think, the importance of that. Well, yeah, that's a great question is to really get into the content of leadership or, or coaching to help one transform into the context of leadership development and how that can actually apply. I mean, coaching is so much more than say, here, read this book or, or right. here, through this content. Coaching is about in any in industry to really drill down deep and find out what's going on. It's much like golf, which people say is, you know, golf is a game of inches, the six inches between your ears. That's what executive <laughs> coaching, leadership development coaching is. This is about getting inside and finding out what matters most to people and then how to focus, gain clarity around it and transform themselves and therefore transform the business that they operate in or and transform the enterprise that they lead. That they lead. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I tell you, one of the great honors that I have, because you're invited into a special place in people's lives, and they're coming to you for a lot of reasons. And let's get into that. What are some of the reasons why people reach out to you to retain you as their executive coach? Well, thank you for asking that. That's a great question. A lot of times it's they've heard something somebody said or something that even I said that I'm going to say uh, a resilient note in their heart or that they they know that they have a longing around something in their company, or they have a discontent with the situation going on in their lives or with their company. And then something that I say, or something that somebody refers them to me, is to where we can really drill down deep as to what that is and come to the awareness. I call it shining the light of awareness on a problem, which by the way, David, the problem is never the problem. The problem is always in the thinking about the problem. Now we're getting creative. Now we get the imagination, God-given image-making faculty uh, going to come through any fact of life, like COVID-19, the fact of life, nothing we can do about it, or fixing a problem inside the company because there's something shared in that, and people believe that they're not stuck and that there is something they can do even if it's baby steps. And I like to say you you can climb Mount Everest taking baby steps, but you still have to take a step. Yeah. You talk oftentimes about there's a coach and there's a master coach. And what does it take to become a master coach? And what do you mean by that? that that's a great question because the role of coaching in general across the country, actually around the world, coaching itself was long thought 
to be something to correct underperformance. But mm-hmm. think people now today, you know, leaders consider the hiring of coaches to be essential. Much like professional athletes, well, they'll have skill coaches as well, weight training coaches, and they'll also have mindset coaches around that. But coaching in business is now used to support top producers and to generate immediate results, especially in times of change and challenges and situations when you're pursuing new opportunities. But unfortunately, what has happened, uh, because the coaching industry has grown so much in the last 10 years, the demand for coaching is creating a supply of fresh, inexperienced coaches, minimal training, and hide that fact behind fancy websites and ads which leads many people to hire coaches who can't really help them. So finding a master coach takes effort. You, I mean, you've got to know what to look for so you can tell the experts apart from the ones who really lack the necessary training and skill and experience. And, and so it, when that happens, the investment of time and energy doesn't pay the exponential dividends, just like a professional athlete's career can be transformed by the right coach. Having a master coach in your corner can actually make you millions of dollars that I believe first works on them, works unceasingly on themselves first. You know, I'm always open to new ideas, philosophies, and and I persist. I I actually participate in specialized training for coaches several times a year. I Mm -hmm. study coaching. I take coaching seriously and I totally care about the person across from me or on the phone or I'm on a Zoom call with because that's what it is really all about. Now, David, I'm not I'm not shy at all about claiming to be a master coach. I constantly seek to get better so I can help you or anyone become who you want to become more quickly with less effort. But my time as an officer of the Marine Corps or chief operating officer of a bank or running my own coaching business, you know, none of that alone is sufficient, I'm gonna say, for my claim of mastery, but when you combine my investments, and I'm talking about anybody else that would be a master coach as well, when you combine my investments and my experience with visible results, enjoy the clients and the clients' employees, you know, to work tirelessly to coach over the past 40 plus years, I think you can see when you've helped countless people to achieve what they deeply desire in their business, in their lives. So when it comes to choosing Coaches that I use for, one, I want to make sure that they care deeply about people, especially me. I want to make sure that they have incredibly high personal standards and ambitions, and they also have a high level of self-knowledge. Now, there's some more things, but that would be the first, the the top three things right there. That's good. And what one of our listeners just wrote me a quick question. What's the difference between coaching and consulting? I know there is a difference, but if you could have David expound on that. Oh, that that is a great question because, you know, one of the myths that leaders need to know about coaching is that they say that a coach must be an expert in a certain industry. And actually, nothing could be further from the truth. If you hire an industry expert to coach you, all you're really going to do is get the best practices for your industry. Right. That's okay. That's consulting right there. Right. Uh, to come yeah, in exactly. and work with you as a consultant because of things that you wanted to do with the, the mortgage division, you wanted to take it to another level, some things you wanted to see changed. I, I, I have clients in oil and gas, wind energy. I mean, president of a seminary, oh, you know, heavy duty truck parts distribution center, pivot irrigation, sprinklers. You know, my, my clients don't have anything from crude oil to cow manure on them. But the thing is, coaching <laughs> is never about the company widget. 
It's yeah. never about the company service or product. Coaching is about you as a leader. It's right. about uh, people in your organization. It's about your organization. It's about your vision. It's about what you're thinking and where you want to go. Yeah. There's so many aspects about this. Coaching is vastly different than consulting. The two can flip back and forth. I, I'm a, both a coach and a Absolutely. consultant. I bring my industry expertise and then I bring my coaching. But I think there's a clear delineation. I'm doing a better job as I do so to separate. Okay, now we're getting into coaching here, and then we're or we're getting into consulting here, and, and so that the boundaries are not blurred in their minds. We're working on that. I looked this up, and the, there's a great search if you go five reasons why you should have a coach, and and one of them is to increase clarity and focus. And I know that's one of the things you and I talk about regularly. Is so talk mm-hmm. about the importance of clarity and focus. You know, I'm going to say the lack of clarity and focus is a pandemic right now. I, I actually call it the pandemic of personal disorganization. And clarity and focus is, is a discipline. It is not something that you can buy uh, off a shelf or anything like that. It is about really becoming clear on what it is you would love. Yes. And then and let me put it in the terms of accountability. You know, there's a difference between responsibility and accountability. You're responsible for things, but you're accountable to people. And as Sam Silverstein would say, when you're in the accountability zone, what you start really focusing mm-hmm. and getting clear on what matters most. In other words, doing the right thing, do- doing things right and doing the right things right. and identifying the activities that support that. So when put it another way, that in doing the right things, you are accountable for identifying your strategic intent, business goal, mission, purpose, personally, professionally, whatever. You're accountable for identifying that strategic intent and the activities that support that. Right. And learning to be able to put aside everything else to include what the Buddhists call the jumping monkey in your head. There's a lot of distractions. You're like a juggler and you got five or six or seven glass balls and you dang sure don't want to drop any of them. There is a way when you become very, very clear uh, as one of the most powerful questions a coach can ask or that a person can ask of himself or herself is that what would you love? And just really, really bearing down on, you know, how do I make my business more profitable, but also spend quantity and quality time with my children? or in my case, grandchildren, and to really home in on what matters most. David, this is getting in line with what your personal core values are as much as anything else, what you value the most. And that right there is is a big thing that I have seen across the various industries uh, of which I have clients in is they kind of know what they value most, but they've never spent a lot of time on it. And so when we become clear and focused, yeah. It, amazing things have happened. You, you know, look at the example of, of a magnifying glass and sunshine. Sunshine by itself, you, you can warm, but you take a magnifying glass and focus the sun's light on, on your hand or your arm, you're going to burn yourself. I mean, that's, that's right. the power of focus right there. That is so good. Do you find it surprising the number of people that lack clarity about who they are, their purpose? And I think one of the things that bringing clarity and focus is that what you're called to do. And I loved what you said earlier about the calling versus a career. A career is what you do. Your calling is your purpose. And so bring that into 
clarity for us <laughs> what I'm trying to say or communicate. That's so much times, David. It, it, sometimes it really takes, I'm going to say, a DEFCON 4 situation to wake people up as to what's going on. This pandemic has shaken a few things uh, out. What was it, 40 years ago today, the greatest stock market yeah. crash, you know, October night, Black Monday? Exactly. You know, it, it, sometimes it takes external things like that to really get people. Another very powerful question that a leader really must ask themselves is, who am I? Who, who am I as a man? Who am I as a woman? Who am I as a leader? Who am I? Because when you can answer that essential question as to who, who you are as a leader, who you are will determine your leadership potential and therefore the trajectory of the company that you or the enterprise that you lead. So in other words, it's another way of recognizing coming to grips that there is a lid on your leadership. That would be from John Maxwell's uh, 21 Year Funeral Law, the law of the lid. And that is that we all have a lid on our leadership and it takes a conscious effort to raise that lid on yourself mm -hmm. to increase your own leadership capacity and therefore the leadership ability of the people beneath you. That's interesting. There's, there, this is such a broad topic, and I refer our listeners to the link that we have in our podcast here. It's an article in Inc. Magazine, Five Great Reasons Why You Should Get an Executive Coach. It's an excellent article. It's published back in 2016. It's timeless, and it really gets into number two, which is talking about accountability. And David, I think that's one of the things where everybody needs it. Not everybody can accept it. And so I, I have a goal and I have uh, an objective, like I want to lose weight, but I really can't pass Chick-fil-A because their chocolate shakes are so good. So here's a goal, which is I've got clarity on my goal, but I really need accountability. So how much accountability is involved in coaching? And I don't want to get in confidence in just a minute, but accountability. Primary account accountability is huge. And tying this back over to your other question about a master coach, you know, as what to expect from a master coach, accountability is essential. And a, and a master coach is going to help you stay accountable. We, we don't want a coach who promises to hold you accountable for say that type of coaching won't help you grow at all. You'll always be dependent upon the coach for your accountability. Now, there's room for that, especially in the beginning, but a master coach brings you into a system of structure, a system of support, where you build that desire and discipline that you want to where you want to be now be accountable to yourself. And also to help you understand the extremely high cost of excuses so that you can keep moving forward. Even, even when the coach is, you, you develop a discipline that you're now starting accountability where you're gonna bring in focus and clarity. At the end of the day, David, you can have results or you can have excuses, not both. That's right. I love that. Give us a success story that you can share with our listeners where you help them bring clarity and then through accountability, you really increase their confidence, which is the third point in this article that I really like. Yeah, I'll tell you, I have a couple of two clients and they're in the wind energy sector. In fact, is they are wind energy recruiters and they're a startup, two outstanding 30-something young men, engineering backgrounds. One of them is actually a wind energy technician who, to follow his dream, stepped out of his job of one of, shall we say, 
a job of stability with with a regular paycheck and benefits and you know all the things that we think are certain and do that to create a wind energy recruiting company. And it was summer of 2019. They had engaged me because they were in trouble. What had happened was they had gotten, shall we say, upside down with a vendor, $95,000. The company was offering to buy them and they would forgive the debt. And these guys would then bring their their recruiting business into this company. By me asking questions that a lot of times people don't want to be asked, one is to, why did you start this company to begin with? If you believe that your company is only worth $95,000, you're the highest and best authority on what you do with your business. However, I believe that you started this company for a reason a lot more than just $95,000 and that your company has value and that you have value. You have values of leaders. You're providing opportunity for countless people across the country in the wind energy business. Right. If you believe that you're only worth that, then that's fine. They saw the error of their thinking. They shifted it around. In 2019, they actually ended up in the black. And when COVID hit, They had a very brief hiccup, some contracts canceled, picked up six days later, five days later, and they're on track this year to make even more than last year because Mm -hmm. they know they have value and they know that they're adding value to people. And I just finished up with them. I'll just call it a mini strategic planning session and they'll bust half a million dollars in 2021 without even thinking about it. In fact, they're probably holding back a little bit. But they had to get clarity and focus on why they were in that business, what motivated them, and what they were doing to add value to people, to bring people into the renewable energy sector. And that really helped them overcome their internal negative self-talk, which is one of that's exactly what it was, David. It's inhibitors of our own success is our own self-talk, what we let go on in our own head. And, And what so often happens is that, the business owner, company CEO, a mortgage company CEO, it, it doesn't matter, it, is that there are so many conditions and circumstances and situations go on around us that if allowed, what you do will be dictated by conditions, circumstances, and situations. This is about not letting conditions and circumstances have you. This is about you getting your head around and your heart around what yep. it is that you would love, regardless of conditions and circumstances. You know, I remember back when we brought you on, we knew that the Dodd-Frank bill was going to be tough. Oh, my God, it's going to, tra- it's going to kill us. It's going to kill us. No, it, it's not. We got our arms around it. We got our heads around it. We got our hearts mm-hmm. around it, and we whipped it. And that's the yeah. same thing that's going on right now, this constant state of improvement. The first thing that has to improve is the leader. Yeah. Nothing improves until the leader improves. And what's going on in that leader's head, and that's why you have exactly. a coach. And, that, and the importance of that. Every time we get to this topic, the time just flies. We've got eight minutes left. You know, when someone's listening to this, they go, we need to select a coach. We need to find one. But there are a lot of amateurs out there that really shouldn't be in the business. And God bless them. And hopefully they'll find their way to success in it and learn and grow. But for those listening, say, you know what? I, I would like to explore what would be the process they go about to find the right coach for them. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is my own website, self-serving motive there, but uh, it's probably one of the most easily Googleable yeah. things that you, you can find. And, and, and so you've got to start somewhere. And executive coach, leadership coaches, you, you can find that anywhere. But the thing that I would really say in this, David, 
is to wherever you land on that is to understand that coaching is a sacred relationship regardless of who you talk to and it may take several many to talk to is to understand that it, there are always two sets of expectations yours and the coaches mm-hmm. and uh, until you can bring those expectations to mutual you have a gap right and that gap is called disappointment and that's what we seek to avoid and so right. Having conversations as to values is, I believe, to be very important. That because you can have mutual values or shared values. I'll back this up and say, you know, to close that gap, you get it closed. The adhesive bond that keeps that gap from opening back up is called accountability. Someone just wrote me, okay, what's his website? I want to go to it. They want to check it out. What's the website, David? Yeah, davidnorrisleadership.com. Let me check it out. It's such great amount of information there, and you will not be disappointed if you choose to get a hold of David and have him coach you. You know, I think the thing you hit on, which is the most important thing, you criteria criteria in selecting a coach, is you have to absolutely feel that they care about you, and that has to be demonstrated in numerous ways. And there's a lot of people who say, oh, I care about you. I want to see you say, but it's the questions they ask. And are they thinking about you when you're not online and, and on the phone with them or however you are, Zoom meeting or everything? <laughs> Do they really, really care about you? And then I think the other thing you talked about, David, I want to just underscore is alignment. There is such a challenge finding people that, that really are aligned. You may need a, co- a consultant in some cases, and you may need a coach in another area, or there's a combination such as what I do a lot of the times. And I think it's so important to have that. But the number one thing, make sure that they care about you. And Yes, sir. That is the main thing right there, more than anything, is, uh, is we, that they care about questions. people. We got some questions coming in from our listeners, David. So let's get through a couple of them right now. So the first one, which is the most recent question hitting on that same point is, okay, how do I tell they care? They're all going to say I care and I want to, but what are some ways you can recognize that they care? Look for the high personal standards and ambitions through tangible results that clients have achieved. I think in the conversation you're having with them, there's that sense. This person really asked me questions. I, I try to ask questions, and that's what you did for me when we started working together. You asked me a lot of questions, and I think it was around the responses I gave you, you got a sense that I was going to be great to be working for you with. Now, that was a consulting relationship. Again, the same thing applies to consulting in this particular case. Is You got to make sure you have the knowledge on it, but there's just got to be, I just seemed like I clicked with that person. I just seemed like they got it. Yes, there's a lot of intuition involved as to not just what you're thinking, but what you're feeling uh, about it, and, and that uh, you, you're going to know that this is someone that you can trust and be vulnerable with. Yeah, there you went to a That's place, that. and then how do you tell if you can be vulnerable with them? Is are they vulnerable? And one of the things that I love about our conversations, David, is you are always demonstrating how vulnerable you are, and you use examples, and sometimes those examples are about areas where you've made a mistake or anyone has made a mistake. I mean, but you're vulnerable and you speak from those places because 
when we go through like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon, how it gets its fluid into the wings is by going through those really narrow spots. It literally pushes the fluid from that chunky brown caterpillar and it won't fly unless you go through those tight places. I think when we go through those tight places of life, David, that's where we grow. And also we get that transformative effect. I think there's also a misconception about coaching out there that a coach has to be perfect. And I think this may even address the question. If a coach had to be perfect, I couldn't be a coach. It just wouldn't happen. And nobody besides that, I don't think anybody can really have seen or met a perfect coach or anything like that. But I would just say that a coach should be trained, experienced, and recommended. And when I say experienced, now we're going to talk the vulnerable right there. I have so many mistakes, failures, mess-ups, screw-ups, foul-ups from my Marine Corps days all the way through today that but the thing the the difference is it's not just experience it's and and this is something that that i help my clients with and what other master coaches do is that you know experience isn't the best teacher it's the evaluated experience that's the best teacher and that willingness to be vulnerable when you said evaluated in other words did you go back and learn anything from the mistake it's not just that you made a mistake but did you evaluate that and did you learn anything and then what did you learn and i think that's a great question to be asking someone when that happened, what did you learn from it? I'll never do that again. That's very easily said, but trust me, yeah. the habitual thinking will lead you right back down that same path. So. Boy, now we're getting into the good stuff and we're out of time. Man, this conversation went way, way too quickly. And I know there's others that are going to want to talk to you, David. And again, they can go to your website, David Norris Leadership. Dot com. And someone just said, where's he located? Amarillo, Texas. We're not the edge of the earth, but we can see it from here. I love it. David, it's so good to have you on here. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you, David. It's so good step. to be here, man. It's good to hear your voice. I, it is such a joy, and I appreciate who you are. Be sure to say hi to Candy, your wife. She's such a special lady. And that's another thing is, what are you, are you having success in your personal life? Ask your coach, folks, are you happily married? How long have you been married? Because if you're not successful at home, you're not going to be successful out there in the market. We all struggle with it, but it's you know, different times in various areas of our personal lives. But it's those that stay and stick with their commitments. And it's really fun. I, I just celebrate your marriage and what a wonderful commitment you've made to Candy and how wonderful, how well that's worked out for you. So, David, such a joy to have you here, friend, today. Appreciate it. Thank you, David. It's, it's my pleasure. You bet. We've had as our guest today a very good friend of mine, David Norris. And you will want to check out his website, davidnorrisleadership.com. Encourage you to at least pick up the phone and have a conversation with him. You will learn something every time I get on the phone with him. I learn something and I grow. You've got to reach out and start the conversations. And I can't recommend anyone better to go start the conversation I'm coaching with than David Norris. Again, David, thanks for being here with us. Thank you, sir. Folks, next week we're going to have Don Williams on talking about the conference that has now started. And I'm going to go over to that conference right now. So we're going to be exiting stage right here immediately so we can get over to this conference and the first virtual conference of its kind, the MBA, our annual conference. We miss so many, many, many people out there. We would love to see all of you, and we will be getting together again soon. But let's get together and support this industry. And specifically, I think the heart and soul of the industry is what the MBA is representing to us. They do a great job. Be sure to get registered. If you haven't already, get out and register. It's not too late. You can participate and then you get copies. The nice thing about being a virtual conference is the sessions you miss, you can then come back and download and listen again. 
So be sure to come back here next week, folks. Appreciate you all. A special thank you goes out to our sponsors. Of course, the MBA, Finastra, CMLA, Indicom, Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility RE, Modex, and so many more. Go check them out in our advertising sponsor page on our website, lickitonlending.com. Have a great week, everybody, and look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.